What is going on, everybody? My name is Gabe. And I'm back. Finally. And welcome to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And uh, today we're going to be breaking down a new album for you. Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us about what you uh, what we're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's nice that this was timed actually in October because it is kind of a spookier one. This is actually the new record by Ice Nine Kills called Welcome to Horrorwood, The Silver Scream 2. This one was released on October 15th of 2021 via Fearless Records. Now, who is Ice Nine Kills? Ice Nine Kills is Spencer Charnis, uh, who has credit for vocals, keyboards, as well as additional guitars. We have Ricky Armolino, which has co-lead vocals, rhythm guitar, keyboards, and programming. We have Patrick Gallant on drums, uh, and I'm going to probably butcher this, is Joe Acciuti on co-lead vocals, bass, and keyboards, and then Dan Sugarman on co-lead vocals as well as lead guitar Let's just jump right into the first impressions, man. Uh, you Honestly, you were the one that actually really got me into this band. It was off of Silver Scream 1. Like it, everybody else in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they actually make kind of a joke on that here in the album, which we'll make sure to get into for sure. And immediately noticed their very chaotic song structuring and how well the band makes it work. This record felt a lot like the band took that off of Silver Scream 1 and really just pushed it to 11. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this one was definitely kind of a slow burn for me. I'm I've never been a fan of sequels to mm-hmm. begin with. I, they're usually a money grab, but I feel like in this one they they actually kind of appropriately address that. Yeah, and um, I, I feel like they actually pulled it off right. I don't know that it was better than Silver Scream one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Silver Scream, but I liked this one better. Okay. It just uh, like personally speaking, but objectively speaking, I think Silver Scream was better than Welcome to Horrorwood. So I'm kind of in a, a boat where I'm kind of the opposite way is I actually prefer Silver Scream 1 over this one. There are a lot of things that were done on this record that were done really well. Again, they they took a lot of the song structuring and pushed it to 11. Uh, and this will actually kind of tie into a little bit of the musical review is... We see how much they're capable of doing all these different genres. I mean, we get radio rock, we get metalcore, we get rockcore, we even get a little bit of like death metal, deathcore, and then spooky all in this one 13-track long package. Um, They always show their ability to play guitar. The drums are always really solid. Uh, Going back to Silver Scream 1 is I felt like the songs... They almost felt like every song could be a single in some way, shape, or form. Where mm-hmm. this record, it felt like you could really pick out the singles or what could be a single a lot easier than Silver Scream 1, where it was just like, dude, this song's really good. This song's really good. And just everything back to back was just really solid off of it. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you. And I think going into this, the expectation of it just being about horror movies was met but also expected and i feel like there's not really a way that they can amp that up to 11 outside mm-hmm. of just like the musical stuff and yeah i guess kind of it's just bleeding into musical impressions at this point but mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's kind of the same boat there were the the musicianship is really phenomenal throughout the the record spencer's voice is really really broad yeah like it he, really he is. has a very incredible range both uh both in his clean singing but then in his screams too i mean he goes everywhere from these like super guttural low false chords to these crazy high pitch screams mm-hmm. and everything in between um and and then obviously like the drums are just very good at start stop and these crazy like mini blast beats and then going mm-hmm. into like these weird funk kind of polka stuff yep and then we have uh, uh, Dan Sugarman and Ricky Armolino. Like they're just doing everything that they normally do on guitar. I mean, I've I've been following Ricky for years since he was in uh, This or the Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and uh, and then that that's really how I learned about Ice Nine Kills was from just being friends with him on Facebook. Okay, and so seeing that he was doing stuff with Ice Nine Kills, and then they did Silver Scream, and I'm just like, oh, this is neat. Yeah, and it it, it was a really good culmination. And there's a lot of bands and tying back a little bit to spirit box because they're they're a really good example of this is being able to include a lot of different genres all into one and being able to make it work these guys do the exact same thing but they're definitely uh where spirit box is kind of leaned into um some of the softer genres so a little bit more pop and that you still while having that with the metal 
is these guys are just taking all these different heavy genres and are able to, again, culminate into these beautiful pieces that are just really intricately written. Um, again, the guitars are just stellar. You just listen to... I can't remember the name of the riff or the name of the song that the riff was in, but I was sitting there and you hear it and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And it was like, they just fitted just a guitar like into the riff. And I'm like, excuse me, what? Mm -hmm. This yeah, is they do awesome. That a lot in um, like assault and batteries as mm -hmm. well as uh, the box and stuff like that. Like there's yeah. just these random, like little crazy speed fills that would happen. And then they would just go back to like the, the main, mm -hmm. everything else carrying the vocals. But in between, like when Spencer's just taking a breath, they do this really weird thing. Yeah. And like they never overlap each other, but they intertwine with each other really well. And it, they very much let each other flourish and they, they're able to accentuate everything really well. Exactly. Uh, how are you feeling lyrically on this one? Lyrically, I mean, the loyalty to the source material for the various movies and or games that's being referenced is fantastic. There's some very outright nods, which we can definitely get into with the, the track by track. But there's some more really subtle ones that I, I did have to appreciate. So like Rainy Day, it uses nods to the game over screens as well as controllers because it's a video game series as well as movie. Mm -hmm. So it's just those little little things in there that I, I just have to, I have to give them credit for what well done. Yeah. Like the, obviously like it, it's blatantly about one movie or another, just like mm -hmm. silver screen was. And I feel like they leaned into it, but at the same time, like they're still able to really turn it into a almost poetic retelling of the mm -hmm. story. And like, there's really nothing wrong with that. I feel like they did a good job of it. I don't really have any complaints. Nothing felt like super weird, cringy, or anything like right. that. And um, yeah, I I hope they don't do like a third one. I hope when they do that, it. I don't want them to see us. I don't. I don't want to see the Silver Screen Part Three. Right. Uh, just because I feel like then at that point you're really just laying into it too much, mm -hmm. and I, I feel like that might hold the band back a little bit. And I think they've always kind of catered to the more horror stuff in general. So going back to some of their earlier material, they did a song about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're not afraid to go into that dark source material, but I definitely feel like I, I do agree with you is silver scream one in a way feels like it's a novelty. Um, with this one is it feels like, they're, they're kind of trying to just make money off the same novelty. If they try and do it into the, uh, try and do a third part is it feels like it's a gimmick. It, it feels like they're going in, they've started a gimmick that they're almost pressured to not leave, but they're almost pressured to get out of because mm -hmm. it's just be, become, it's becoming the same thing. Yes, obviously, you continue to make references in the future, but if we go in, into a Silver Scream 3, it just is going to feel like it's going to start making them look uninspired. Mm -hmm. um, at least with this lyrically, is there was a cool way that they were able to take some of the source material but all for these horror films, but also kind of use them as a metaphor for additional, like, maybe hidden meanings. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that was a, a really clever thing. But if they try and start doing just that, the next record and the record after, again, it's it's going to start feeling uninspired, and they're just, they're going to fall into this just Yeah, there's, there's only so many hole. cult classics. There's only so many new horror exactly. movies that come out every year. And half of them aren't even good, from my understanding. I don't know. I don't really watch horror movies because that's not really my cup of tea. But yeah, and I think they've really hit the the biggest ones. I mean, they've hit Jaws. They've hit uh, Friday the Thirteenth. They've hit Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, they've hit Resident Evil on this one. American Psycho, Psycho. You know, all these different mm -hmm. ones. So they're they're gonna start unfortunately using up all of the the good ones and they're either going to start duplicating those or they're going to start getting into the horror movies that are just like the B movies. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're going to start getting into the cheesy ones. Like one of the ones that's cheesy, but I actually enjoyed it was your next. And, and they're like, I don't really want to hear a song based off of your next. Like the, the movie wasn't that good. So part three for silver scream would be, a bad idea, at least marketing wise. And also I think it would really stunt their growth of music musician. It would stunt their growth musically as musicians. Yeah. 
Um, but let's jump in, before we end up just getting caught up in that. Um, let's jump into the artwork review. Um, I've actually got a picture of it right here. And it looks like it's the uh, Hollywood Strip, and we've got uh, buildings on the sides. We've got a sign that says, Welcome to Horwood, down in the middle on the hill. And then in the background is it looks kind of like a demented version of um, it, uh, or Pennywise, I should say. And the really cool detail that I actually just noticed is there's a scar over the left eye, just straight down to look like a one. And then there's an X over the right eye, um, which if you are familiar, I actually just found this out. The band's logo is just the Roman numeral for nine. Um, didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> so fun fact um the other cool thing about this is down on the bottom is it also has the little box that look would be where they have like movie ratings um so they've got there that there this very much looks like a movie poster um and we also get up on the top in smaller font you'll never make it in this town under it is going to be ice night kills name and then, like I said, um, probably about the middle, just a little bit lower is where we see the welcome to Horrorwood. And there's just little nods again to just movie posters and just horror film. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just plays right into the, the whole thematic element of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there is no hidden meaning behind this whatsoever. Like no. it, is, it is just there at face value. There's, there's some cool little details, like Matt had said, with like the 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 nine and the the face that's behind it it's got like the credits down at the bottom like you would see that would uh that has like just outlining band credits and and stuff like that little taglines like the you'll never make it in this town and your 15 minutes are up Mm -hmm. just little things like that so it's cool it fits the purpose it does the job you know what you're getting into really with this one yeah and i think they did that really well with silver scream one as well where it had a very movie poster appearance so i i think they're they're really hitting it out of the park on that so i got to give props to the band on that yeah but with that being said let's go ahead and jump into the track by track review and uh first off we have opening night which is kind of like a a pseudo bonus track kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh kicking it off uh with this one here we get kind of just a uh a narration on like what you're going to be getting mm-hmm. into and it's reminiscent of uh, what was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre I believe yeah I think that's what um and this this is based off of uh, a website that uh, Gabe had actually found where it actually breaks down what uh, horror movie or video game that the these songs are based off of because I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> there were there were and there were a couple that I was able to pick out pretty easy, like you and I were discussing yeah. before we started recording. Um, but like you said, there's really not much to say here. It's just that narrative. I like, I do like that it keeps to the theme of the record, um, and it, it really starts to establish a sort of narrative that had I not known that it was actually based off of a movie, I would have actually thought that it was leading into a an album that was actually supposed to have kind of an overarching theme to it mm-hmm. that would might have been masked under the um under the horror movie kind of theme, yeah. if you will. I thought it was a cool addition. Um it's short, brief to the point. There's not really any sort of musical element to it no. except just kind of like some small swelling stuff yeah, going like, into the next like track. Yeah, it's like almost a droning sound. Yeah. Um yeah, there really isn't much more to say there. Yeah, uh, no, just for sure. So next up, we do have Welcome to Horrorwood, which I would consider the actual first song of the record. Mm-hmm. And it really quickly, really quickly introduces what the band provides in just pure talent. Yeah, I like this song a lot. I mm-hmm. feel like this is a really good opening track. For sure. Um, Matt and I discussed this prior to, in the week leading up to this, uh, this recording here, but... This album was definitely a slow burn for the both of us. We yeah. both kind of started out pretty mad on it, and then the more and more we listened, the more and more we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, and I can I can attest to that. But yeah, like this here, it brings in just classic Ice Nine Kills. Like it has your your heavy kind of chaotic stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Then they have these really cool catchy choruses that go on, and then it goes back into the heavy chaos, chaotic. I just I. It's everything that I would expect from Ice Nine Kills. Yeah. And I feel like they did a really good job of it. Yeah, for sure. And this was actually the song um, that I may have referenced a little bit earlier here in the podcast, but I know I'm talking to you. Is when you listen to the main riff of this song, is it, it the, that li- it almost felt like a guitar lick that they, that they fit in, but it was like 
it was almost as if they were playing this chug pattern and then this guitar lick and they just kept doing that. And I just mm-hmm. sat there and I'm just geeking out because I was like, this is awesome. And again, it never felt like it took away from the song and it, it really was just a great addition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from there, we move into the song, A Rash. Uh, and just uh, before we move on, um, Welcome to Horwood doesn't actually have a specific theme associated with it mm-hmm. in terms of a movie, though um, apparently it can be seen as like... A, homage to the scream franchise which okay. has a lot to do with like artistic representation and with this one here being really representative of utilizing the hollywood concept oh uh, yeah to but in the horror world so yeah, I, I guess I, that's a thing i don't know I yeah think. and i think that that song was definitely i feel like of all the songs that that was the one that felt the most like it was a song where it was actually there was a hidden meaning to it, but it was using some of the themes of a horror movie where, you know, the other songs are a little bit more in your face about what it's actually the themed off of. So yeah. I, I that that's actually a really good call out there. Yeah. But uh, moving into track three, A Rash Decision, which this one is based off of the uh, Cabin Fever movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off? So this one is... The song really felt like in the heavy portions, there was a lot being held back. Um, I found the really the breakdown in this one was extremely unique and oh, just the various techniques cool they used. One. I was sitting there and I'm like, are they scr- like are they doing scratches? Are they, what are they doing? I'm trying to sit there and like digest what it was that they were doing, and I was like, this is just awesome. Um, song isn't bad, but it's just definitely not my favorite for the record. I really don't have much on this one. Yeah, it's not really my favorite either. But like you said, the breakdown was super cool. Like I, I really like the um the music, ugh, musicality, I guess that they used in it. Um, it shook up the song in a really good way. Otherwise, the rest of the song, like it was fine. Mm-hmm. It just sandwiched in between. Uh, Welcome to Horrorwood and Assault and Batteries. It just felt kind of like a lower point. Yeah. It's not a bad song. It's just not a great song. Yeah. And I think we do definitely see kind of the peaks and valleys as you listen to the record. Um, And you you really hit it on. Um, You cool if I just jump into the next one? Let's go for it. All right. This one is Assault and Batteries, which this one is based off of Chucky. And really, it hits a lot of the big points that makes Chucky what it is. Um before I start just absolutely losing my mind and praise, I'll let you take this one off. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I really like this song as well. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a standout one. It's the first single on the album? Second one, actually. Second I think one. Hip to be Scared was actually the first one. That sounds correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it Again, w- listening to this one before the album had come out, it there was no question about like what the album was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was really akin to it is the end Yeah, by, uh, from silver scream, uh, the, tra- the final track that they had done with, uh, less than Jake and yep. a few other, uh, credits on there that I'm forgetting at the moment. But, um, yeah, this one, it was extremely chaotic. Again, it has a really catchy chorus mm-hmm. and just with like the weird children doll kind of voices. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> that, and honestly, that really added the chaos and just really sunk in the idea that this is a horror record. And I, that's what I really appreciated about this. Um, it's gotta be my favorite song on the record to be completely honest. It's, it, it, you hit it right on the head that it is the end. It's very much like that and cranks everything to really just past 11. I feel like they, they really found their rhythm in some of their songwriting. And this is probably one of the best showings of doing so. The children's voices really adds to it and just, you know, continues to add the vibe. Um, and honestly, this would be a beyond fine addition to their list of songs to play live like this. This is something where people are just losing their Oh, minds. absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be one of the songs where the pit's open for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And you're either dead bleeding or dying if you're not in it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this song a lot. It's definitely, I don't. It's a tough pick if it's my top one, but okay. it's definitely like a fighting. It's contender a contender. For, yeah, for okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, then from there we move into the shower scene, which is pretty obvious that it's about Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a good song. It's I really enjoyed the instrumentation, and then Spencer's voice is really you really get to show off the various parts of his range, which you had alluded to in the musical review. But I think this was. Um, I think this one was really 
where he got to do it the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just found the song to be quite lackluster. It's got the really cool breakdown in it, but it's just not enough to make up for the rest of the song. I do have to say drums might be the star for the song, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the drums were super solid on this one. I like that this one was kind of more um, utilizing the sound bites and everything like that mm-hmm. and kind of really telling the story with the song instead. Yeah. Uh, instead of like kind of the uh, allegorical nature of a lot of their songs. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, overall, like I really like the song. Again, it's kind of it, it falls under the same pattern a rash decision did, where it's kind of the low point in between assault and batteries and the next song, which is funeral derangements. So about funeral derangements. Oh, I'm gonna fight you, Matt. I haven't had. What I haven't, is this? See, I haven't. I haven't fought anybody in the last two episodes. <laughs> and you know why? It's because you weren't here. I had some great <laughs> guest stars in Dipper and in Tyler, and and now you're gonna come back and you're gonna make me fight you, aren't I? Aren't you? So I have one question that I want to ask the band. If I got to meet the band directly, this is my first question I'm asking them. Okay. What are you guys on? (laughs) Whatever drugs they're taking, please give me some of it. I mean, the songs, riffs, and drums go absolutely ham, and I don't know how they're able to keep this up. This song is unreal like spencer screaming on top i don't understand how they are musically capable of doing this and sustaining it for this period of time the song's insane all right i was not expecting that reaction i was expecting <laughs> to have to come over this table that, knock over honestly all my equipment. <laughs> because i knew my reaction is your your feistiness just i was sitting there and i was like i have to hold this back i'm trying not to laugh <laughs> But no, like the, it was chaos. The first listen, I really wasn't a fan, but the more I he- heard it, dude, I just kept getting just hyped yeah, for it. Yeah, th- th- this one, it, it's another standout on the album for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, this one is uh, loosely based off of Pet Cemetery. Yeah, uh, there's a, a lot of references to it, like in the background noise of it, like the honking horns, children crying or laughing or something like that. I don't know. I've never mm-hmm. seen Pet Cemetery, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that one either, but I definitely know it's a, a big. I don't know if it's even a cult classic. I know it's a Stephen King book. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, a so Stephen obviously King classic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I really like this song a lot. It's again, it's not the top one, but it's it, it's up there for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I mentioned what it's off of. Uh, the, yeah, we'll go ahead and move on forward if you're good. Yeah, absolutely. So the next song we've got is "Rainy Day." Um, and just to kind of tell you, this one is based off of Resident Evil. Um, if I hadn't had a chance to allude to it earlier. Um, but again, there was this subtle nods with like the game over screens and the controllers in there. So just referencing that. Um, honestly, this is just another one. It took a little bit for me to get into, but I really got into it. And they sprinkle in some of the really heavy elements that the, you know, they'd sprinkle these elements in to make an already mostly radio rock sound. Let me start this sentence over. The song primarily feels very radio rock, but mm-hmm. they sprinkled in these heavy elements into it to make it really flourish and it allows it to just be better. This one felt most akin to like what Architects is doing. I can see that because, like, as, like especially with like the the subtle electronics in there, it really felt like the for those who wish to exist and, mm-hmm. and songs like uh, uh, like uh, songs like an ordinary extinction or meteors. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of had like these subtle uh, elements to it, but it was really like just radio guitar driven. Um, yeah, th- th- that was the vibe that I got from it. Otherwise, like, I thought the song was really good. Uh, the video game elements I feel like were used tastefully mm-hmm. instead of kind of I don't know being Nintendo core bringing back the yeah. skyline and <laughs> yeah no for sure yeah this one the other thing that was I thought was cool is I think with using those heavy elements is it created that feeling of chaos that one might feel during the zombie apocalypse which I mean if you know Resident Evil there's zombies so. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Then we jump into what I actually think is my favorite track on the album, Hip To Be Scared. Okay. Uh, So this one is featuring Jacoby Shaddix, uh, who is the lead frontman of uh, Papa Roach. Could you say that name one more time? Jacoby Shaddix. It's Jacoby. Thank you very much. Whatever. Sure. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't listened to them since 2002. (laughs) Cut my life into pizza. Yeah, exactly. And it's not been that long, but still, whatever. Jacoby, Jacoby. Drop the Y, dude. 
Um, yeah, I, I really Hot like the song. Take of the night. Drop the Y, Jacoby. <laughs> I, I like the song. Uh, I think it's it's pretty solid throughout, and then they come in with the stupid middle part. So this one is based off of American Psycho, mm-hmm. and the, the, this this the scene is iconic, where he's talking about Huey Lewis on the news before yeah. he chops off the dude's head, and they they basically recreate that in the song, except instead of talking about Huey Lewis in the news, they're talking about Ice Nine Kills. I'm like, what do you think about Ice Nine Kills? Uh, their older stuff was too seen for my taste, but yeah. they really came into it when they released the Silver Scream and just like kind of went on this whole mm-hmm. little rampage, which it, and I loved it. Like when I first heard it, it caught me off guard. Oh, it's same, same. The, it eight, the, the, the 80s so pop portion was completely out of left field, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and like as I, the, the first time I'm just like okay, that's just stupid, whatever, and kept listening to it because I was listening to it at low volume. Mm-hmm. When I listened to it at like full volume again and I actually heard what was going on, I'm like, that's what they're doing. So, and I that's think fantastic. The, they blatantly bring up the words American Psycho in the song, of in course. the lyrics. So, and so that really was kind of like, okay, that's what this song's about. But, and I actually saw this movie... Uh, a few years back, it, it, it's a wild experience. But I kind of remember when I was listening to it. Is it? It did have that. Um, it it kind of stirred a stirred a memory of the movie, and I was like, okay, this sounds familiar. And I was like, he was a music snob, and I actually looked it up um, earlier today of recording of the episode, and he was a really big fan of his home theater system, and then just a big music geek. Mm-hmm. So I thought that addition to it was just that that cherry on top of the cake. And I was just like, this is awesome. And the vocal like, delivery too was actually really reminiscent of, mm-hmm. of what he had done in the movie too. Yeah. So I thought that that was, it was really done well. And I, I think part of it was just the gimmick for it mm-hmm. really kind of caught my attention. And that's why it's one of my favorite tracks really on the album. I think, and that's respectable. I mean, and it's nice to see that, you know, especially for a gimmick that they've been doing now for, Three years. I mean, Silver Scream One came out in 2018. That I sounds believe. correct. So, like, they, you know, they've been putting out these songs based off of horror movies for the last few years, and yeah, they've got songs in the in the past that were based on horror material and maybe a little bit of horror movie. I think there was actually a music video they put out that was actually uh, very reminiscent of Carrie. Uh, so it, 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 they haven't ever shied away from that, but I feel like this is them kind of being like, we're going to lean into the gimmick. We're going to commit to the bit and we're going to make it funny. So yeah. it's like, you have to appreciate it. They, they didn't for that. try taking it too seriously. Like exactly. they, they, they really embrace the sat- satirical premise of it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, really, really solid song, but this one, um, I'm about 99% sure this was the, the first single off yeah, the record. Yeah, I, I believe you're correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go ahead and jump into probably what is my favorite feature of the album. Uh, Take Your Pick, which is featuring Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> I love this feature so much. This was insane. So this one instrumentally felt like they were trying to write a pop song. Or I'm sorry. Wow, I read that wrong. This one instrumentally feels like it's more trying to be a punk song throughout yeah. while they've got these full-on death metal and metalcore vocals over the top. And it creates this audio that doesn't make sense on paper, but somehow they make it work. And then, obviously, we get the band going full brute mode, which just backs up Corpse Grinder like a dream. Yeah, dude. it's... I don't see Corpse Grinder featured in a lot of non-death metal and deathcore no. bands. And for him to pop up in this, it really warmed my soul. Like It honestly made me go back and listen to more Cannibal Corpse again because I'm like, <laughs> I forgot how much I love his voice. <laughs> he, dude, honestly, I wasn't ready for it because I think I had heard the part of the song before the al- or around the time the album dropped and I just hadn't had a chance to fully listen to the record. All of a sudden, it's just a wall of sound. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna need some time to stew on this. But dude, this is the sledgehammer of the record. Oh, this easily. is literally like you're you're basically just laying there. Like, it is only fitting that the heaviest song on the record has Corpse Grinder on it. I, I, absolutely, I love it so much. Uh, and b- so before fun. we move on, this one is uh is based off of My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. 
which uh, I only know My Bloody Valentine the band, so I have no idea what this I, movie is. I don't have a frame of <laughs> reference on this one either. And like I've I've been exposed to a few different horror movies. I didn't get to watch a lot of them growing up because unfortunately my mom doesn't do horror movies and well I didn't get a chance to watch them, so I really didn't start seeing anything horror-esque until I was probably in junior high, high school. Horror movies really hit my anxiety, so like I'm just not about it. I, I yeah. just I'll pass on them. The the suspense really just kind of sets me off, and I can't enjoy it. That's fair. And I sh- I'm sure that that's for some people. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with this one, like I I still maintain a pretty decent understanding of like what's going on in all of them. Yeah. And all the different characters and stuff like that. Like the next one here that we're going into the box, which is based off a of Hellraiser. Like we, everybody knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Molly Bloody Valentine, not a clue. No. And like, thankfully, especially with having a few friends that are very, uh, a lot more well-versed into the horror stuff. Like I just recently watched Child's Play for the first time. Um, I picked up the original Halloween a couple years ago, I just haven't ha- actually sat down and watched it. American Psycho, I watched a number of years back. So, like, again, I've got the little bit of exposure to horror movies. So, I have that kind of in my wheelhouse to kind of reference, especially going into some of these. And then, obviously, for stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, it's is, just things so, that you're going to know. Like, yeah, because they're, they're so they're ingrained in so culture. hard, like, and especially this time of year, is they're just pushed in your face and. Everybody knows the story of Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even have to watch the movies, and you're just like, I know your gimmick. Super cool. And, you know, that that's... I think that also allows people, especially coming into Silver Scream 1, is, like, they've already got the context. They kind of know that already. And then, like, rocking the boat with Jaws. Everybody knows what Jaws about. Even like the the most universal music theme of all time mm-hmm. is the Jaws theme. Yeah, and like it, it's just parts of pop culture just are ingrained with this kind of stuff. And I feel like that's what Ice Nine Kills has really done right is they mm-hmm. managed to take this corner that's both kind of isolated from the general populace, but mm-hmm. at the same time still super ingrained in our culture. Yeah. And has really taken something and done well with it. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's something that really just can't be overstated that they've done extremely well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, before we keep going on about this, yeah, <laughs> we'll go ahead and jump into the box, which has my second favorite feature on the album. <laughs> uh, the box is featuring Brendan Saller from Atreyu and Ryan Kirby from Fit for a King. Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? Ryan Kirby, who are you? That man makes sounds out of his face that don't like look like they should come out of his face. You look at his body, and it does like he's not a big guy. No, he's but a very he's short making dis. <laughs> I how how is this skinny boy making these nasty sounds? I I don't understand. Right, tell me who who hurt you, sir. Um. I could see this song being played live and the crowd just absolutely just singing it with the entirety of their lungs. And then those heavier portions would be people would just be jumping and moshing like this is just a straight up crowd pleaser song. Yeah, this one I struggle with because I don't like Brandon Seller's voice. Um, It Mm -hmm. feels like it's trying too hard to be a combination of old Atreyu and M. Shadows from uh Event Sevenfold. Yes, thank you. Um, So, like, when I first heard it, I honestly thought it was Matt Mm -hmm. uh, from from Event Sevenfold. And I'm just listening to it, and I'm just like, man, whatever, because... I'm also not a fan of Avenged Sevenfold, but that, yeah. that's an entirely different discussion beside itself. But it just... I, I, I haven't liked anything Atreus put out since uh, Congregation of the Damned back in 2010. Mm-hmm. And now it's... Honestly, it just sucks. <laughs> I Honestly, I heard one of their new songs, and I honestly would rather just yeet myself off a cliff. I think the... I think there's only maybe been two songs by Atreyu that I actually lo- have ever liked. Yeah, they they were kind of like a uh, kind of like a, a warm spot for me growing up because mm-hmm. they were just kind of the part of that 
emerging into metalcore for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what drew me to them. Like I, I think it was just Pandora that like I first heard lip gloss and black and it had that really cool tapping riff. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And so I started exploring more and more and more of them and found that I, I liked a lot of the stuff that they did. And then now we're to this bad time. Yeah. I don't, I don't, Ugh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything more on this one, Andy. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, so we'll jump right into the next song, which is FLY featuring Buddy Nielsen of Senses Fail. This one's based on the fly. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just didn't like the song. I mean, like, the instruments and vocals are fine, but the song just doesn't feel like there's anything in it. Just it, it, it feels like it's lacking heart. Yeah, it feels like this one here, just kind of, like, on the back of the last few songs, just didn't quite have the rest of the energy for it. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't really been a way to break it up in between. Yeah, like, th- this is very much, the like, the valley, or one of the valleys here on the record, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, overall, it was fine. Buddy's feature was cool. It's... Mm-hmm. I haven't honestly haven't heard anything since his fails done since like 2015. I think the last time I heard anything from Census Fail, I think I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's was a song. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> been a minute, so I'm glad to see that he's doing stuff again. I'm hoping yeah. maybe Census Fail will do a little bit more cuz I haven't heard I haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah, they've been super super quiet. Um moving up is worst vacation and just to make sure you guys are aware worst is spelled w-u-r-s-t so the name i got a a bit of a kick out of i was so disappointed in this song are you familiar with the movie tusk i've seen that that was insane so the movie tusk has a very small moment in there roughly about five minutes where uh, the character played by Justin Long is inside of this gas station, and there's these two girls that are just kind of rude to him in Canada. Yeah. You remember that scene? Uh, vaguely. So that scene right there was created into a spinoff movie. It was also created by Kevin Smith called Yoga Hosers. I've heard the name. I haven't seen that one. So it was literally the, the, those two girls were the main characters they started out and they discover that in spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie and honestly, I really don't recommend it. It is a terrible movie, (laughs) but they discover that uh, underneath is this giant factory in which they have to then fight through the power of yoga. I can't believe I'm going to say this Nazi bratwurst or bratzies. And then they fight a sausage Hitler. And I was really hoping that this song was going to be about that. Instead, it ends up being about hostile or something like that. I don't know. It made me, I just, otherwise the song is fine. It's a solid song. There's a lot of German in it, which I guess hostile is located in Germany. But I was, I was very disappointed that it wasn't going to be about Bratzies. <laughs> Matt's face is in so much pain right now. I don't even want to talk about this song now. My whole life has been shattered. What are your thoughts on the song, Matt? <laughs> I got Ramstein vibes. A lot of industrial. I mean, it's a very German song. So, <laughs> I mean, and they, they even speak some German in there, but oh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> I need to know what kind of drugs you're on, too. My God. Anyways, moving on to Ex Mortis, Gabe Go. <laughs> uh, this one was uh, based on the uh, uh, based on the the Evil Dead franchise, mm-hmm. and uh, this one this one got spicy. I like this song a lot. So I love Evil Dead, the okay. original. I haven't seen the new one. Okay. I also love Evil Dead Two. And Army of Darkness. Okay. Those are quality films. I 100% recommend all three of those to you. The nice thing about the Evil Dead franchise is over time, they got more comedic. So Evil Dead 1 was pretty cut of the mill, you know, horror, but it's just a little bit of comedy sprinkled in. Evil Dead 2, they started really like sprucing it up. And then Army of Darkness is just comedy, but it's got like some of the horror vibes. Um, 
talking about this song specifically, I got a lot of old Escape the Fate vibes. This song reminded me a lot of It's Just Me, um, which was, I believe, a bonus track off of this War Is Ours Deluxe Edition. That sounds correct. That Yeah. Um, we get slow and steady throughout the song uh, up until about the two-minute mark where we're hit with this very unexpected sludgy section. And then it comes back to that slow and steady piece that we had um, started with initially. I got really mad carnival music vibes. And it's just, <laughs> it had that hint of spooky that I would expect from the band. But like the, I literally feel like this would be a song that you could hear at a carnival. And that, that kind of was unsettling for me. Carnivals are creepy, man. I, so the only thing close to a carnival that I've been to, I think I've actually been to the circus once. And I think I was like, eight at the time and then i went to the arizona state fair which is carnival-esque i think that was 2010 and then i went to they have that little carnival at this uh superstition springs mall out here in mesa and i think that was i want to say 2012 or 2013 i think that's the closest to a carnival but yeah there's there's something about them that just really radiates just yeah the, the last i was i was also at the arizona state fair a few years ago i want to mm-hmm. say it was like 2015 or something like that i okay. was the only reason i was there and the only reason i was ever there and i will never go back unless i have to is um my band was playing there at the time okay and so it was it was disgusting (laughs) i yeah because i went there it was actually my first concert was at the arizona state fair and i just all the shows that have been there afterward there just hasn't been anything that's enough for me to want to go back to see a band because the the lineup of bands just isn't good enough yeah Uh, And then rounding off the album here, we have got Farewell to Flesh, which is based on the Candyman series that was uh, done by, uh, was it Jordan Peele that did it? You might be right. I feel like that sounds familiar. I don't know, actually. Maybe he did a remake of it. He may have. He probably did a remake. Yeah. He's He's been doing really good for horror stuff. I've been hearing a lot of really strong praise for his horror stuff that he's been doing. Yeah. Um. This song, it's hard to be able to expect anything with this band coming in just because of their habit of jumping around in sound so much. I mean, they go from clean vocals over very soft instrumentals to insane, insanely heavy all across the board and everything in between. This song really captures all of that in one and sums up the band really well and how they flourish in that chaotic style. And being able to jump around in those styles within their own sound and still make it work like this this might end up being my favorite album closer for that reason is it it's kind of kind of that bookend to the record and it just feels like a really strong way to close it out because you're getting to see all of all of the record kind of come into mm-hmm. one and it's just it almost feels like everything just funneled in and it's just that's it yeah i i respect it i mean that that really is basically everything that i had on this track as well mm-hmm. like like I said, just summing it up there, it's the whole record put into one song. Yeah. And I feel like they did a really good job of that. I don't feel like it left me desiring more in a poor way, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of one of those things where like I wanted to kind of hear more of them do just like that silly jumping around, yeah, chaotic, manic kind of screaming stuff. Like it just overall, like it was a fun end to a fun record. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's going to wrap up our track-by-track breakdown. So what we like to do is go into our tentacle rating, where we like to rate the albums on a scale of one to eight tentacles. Okay, what are you hitting this one with? I, I got to say, I'm probably about a six, man. Mm-hmm. I, I like this record. The more I listen to it, the more I listen to it, the more I just liked it. Yeah. And I feel like it had a lot of really good options, really good options for anybody who wanted to listen to it. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of really cool moments musically, cool themes that they incorporated throughout that still brought a fresh experience off of what Silver Scream had started. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did a really good job. It still had its low moments. I don't know that it's going to be something that I kind of want to consistently return to, but there's definitely some of these songs that are just going to be going straight into my playlist. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, so I put down a five out of eight. Um, I think I'm going to have to sit there and agree with you. Six out of eight just feels, it, it feels right. Um, being the follow-up to Silver Scream, I came in with really high hopes. Um, if I had to give a rating to the first one, it would have to be an eight. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic record front to back. Um, 
this one re- had really strong vibe or really strong songs, and it had really strong material in some of the other songs, but it doesn't quite have the same bite as its predecessor. Uh, I do believe that with the material that they did provide on this record, they they did do a really good job of being able to kind of continue, for, for a lack of a better way of saying it, continue this gimmick and actually still be able to do it well. Um, you know, it's... I, I'm... I can't say I'm in a similar boat to you with sequels, but I feel like I'm a little bit more welcoming of them, mm-hmm. but they have to just be done right. Um, to call back to rivers of Nile that you had done a couple weeks ago is like they, they've do, they've done some sequel stuff with songs. Um, motionless and white's done it. Escape the fate did it. So like a, a lot of different bands have done sequel stuff. It's just, can the band do it right? And I think in this situation, I think Ice Nine Kills did do it right. It's just, like I said, it just doesn't quite have that same bite as um, as that first one. I think so as well. But that is going to wrap it up for our review of the Ice Nine Kills album, uh, The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood. Uh, what we now like to do is go and uh, jump into the hidden track before we take off for the evening. Uh, this is going to be where we just jump into something that's unrelated to the album that we're talking about today. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? What do you got today? Yeah, absolutely. So, my roommate and I were actually um, sitting down, and we were just kind of talking about music a little bit. And he'd introduced me to a genre of music that I think I was kind of, in a way, turned off from um, just because of its chaotic nature. But after doing a... Um, Deeper dive, we'll call it. Um, I actually found that I really liked kind of what the what the music was trying to to present, and it's noise rock. So for those who are not familiar, it's basically rock music, but it's just very, very full of just noise. So it's really bizarre chords and just kind. Of, it, it's very chaotic because there it if it makes a noise, it's pretty much put in. Um, a couple of the bands that I was actually shown was a band called Lightning Bolt. It was their record called Wonderful Rainbow. Um, the song I really got into off of that record, uh, it was actually a specific one my roommate recommended, I believe was called Crown of Storms. Um, again, just really chaotic, but it's there was still some clarity within the song so that way you were able to still dissect some of this stuff i ended up sitting i was actually telling gabe before we started the recording as i was sitting on my couch listening to it eyes closed and i was sitting there just like nodding my head to the to the bass and it's just the the clarity was really good um another song was the reason they hate me by a band called daughters and then this is actually a band uh, my roommate is friends with one of the members. It's the song called Brutal Truth. And the band's name, and I'm going to I'm gonna spell it out so that way you guys don't think I'm swearing, is C-H-A-T space P-I-L-E, so Chat Pile. Um, those were a few of the different songs. Blow to the Head by Lightning Bolt was another song. I wasn't too keen on that one. Um, it, it was a little bit too chaotic and I felt like there wasn't, there wasn't enough substance behind the song for me to really get into it, but some really, really solid stuff. Another song that he had recommended that's a, a little bit of a different genre. It's Eternal Champion and their song Ravening Iron. Um, so a couple of older songs that I had gotten into, but I definitely, definitely appreciate noise rock a lot more than I did before. All righty. Yeah, this week I wanted to jump into a couple of fairly new releases. I think they came out within like the last week or so. Um, the first one is going to be the new Angel Maker uh, single that they had done. So it, it technically two singles. They released two songs on it, but it's called Twilight, uh, which they released Vengeance and the Gray, the Great Gray Flame. Um, for those unaware, Angel Maker is a black and death metal band. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, my next one that I'm going to bring up is also a black and death metal band. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it, it's just, it's super tight, super cool, super heavy. Um, I really liked Angel Maker a lot. I discovered them uh, when they did a split. It was Angel Maker and a Night in Texas uh, had done a split where they kind of created a fake war between each other. Okay. Um, so it was super cool. These are really like it's it's classic uh angel maker and it's really indicative of what's the come and i'm really excited for it 
Yeah, that uh, sounds cool. The next one that's going to be coming out is a band called Worm Shepherd. Uh, they released two songs, Ritual Hymns and Of Sword and Nail, that are going to be coming off of their album Ritual Hymns uh, beginning next year, uh, January 14th specifically. Okay. Uh, I discovered these guys on accident. I had uh, purchased a uh, flag off of uh, off of a, a group that I'm a part of on Facebook called uh, Flag Collectors United, mm-hmm. which is literally all just band flags. So um, I'm friends with the uh, the guys who run it. They're super great guys. It's a super great group. If you want to get in on getting a bunch of band flags, it's really hard to not spend a lot of money in that group. <laughs> yeah. But um, as a result of that, I uh, I purchased a, a flag off of a guy, and as just an extra that he threw in, he threw in a uh, Worm Shepherd shirt for me. And so we're like, this looks pretty neat. I've never heard of these guys. Mm-hmm. Let me check them out. So I checked out their album. They uh, have one full length that's out called In the Wake of Soul. From track one to track ten, this album is 49 minutes of just blistering brutality. And I love every second of it. And these two tracks Ooh. are just an additional two tracks that I get to enjoy until they drop this album fully. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait. These guys are just... The vocal techniques that he is using throughout these records is just nothing shy of just toilet bowl guttural. And it really makes me want to amp up my vocal game. Yeah. No, I I might have to check them out. That sounds interesting. I really highly recommend them. Okay. But that is going to do it for us today, guys. We do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. We do also appreciate it if you like, rate, subscribe, comment if you can on the various places that you listen to us, whether that be iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, apparently, there's a bunch of weird ones that I discovered last week, like Last FM and stuff like that, that are just like hosting us randomly. Apparently, Facebook's also hosting us now too, which oh, is that's cool. Neat. Um, I don't really know how to enact any of that, so I'm just glad that it happened. Yeah, <laughs> gets us out there. Exactly. So we do appreciate you listening wherever you are. You can also follow us on a variety of social medias, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, not Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> YouTube, and TikTok. Yes, those two. Uh, we'll get on Twitter if somebody wants to start beef, and eh, who knows? Somebody Honestly, probably sent us an email at this point. I just I can't even get into the email because I can't remember the password. I feel like honestly at this point we should just start a Twitter and just start beef with other people because like nobody's bit, nobody's been biting at our offer to start beef with us. We'll just start beef with them. Yeah, honestly, that's really not a bad call. Big brain. Look for us on Twitter here upcoming soon. (laughs) And until the next time, you guys will catch you in the next one. See you later.